at One Day University. We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. I hope everybody had a great week. I'm looking forward to today's topic, but before I get started, I wanted to remind a few people, if you're new especially, um, of a few things regarding this show. So this show is on on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, um, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, this is a call-in, a live call-in and live chat show. So if you'd like to reach me via Zoom, our number is one 8656 That is a U.S. number, New York, through New York. So your long distance charges will apply. Um, our meeting ID for Zoom is 465-172-882. If you would like to email me, my email is h at newheightseducation.org. Again, Erica with a K, H, newheightseducation.org. I'm always um, glad to hear from everybody, and especially if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, please give me a shout out, and we'll see about covering your topic. So today's topic is self-advocacy and this is one that is difficult for a lot of disabled people including myself um, often as a disabled individual we have a hard time advocating for ourselves standing up for ourselves especially in a um, setting where we're dealing with people of authority whether that be a physician a government agent that sort of thing. Um, so today I'm going to give you a few tips on how to deal with that if you have meetings um, with these individuals or have to, like, for example, go into your health and human services department. Um, I just um, have a few tips for you. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, advocacy is really important for disabled people. Um, I think that we 
as a group don't do it often enough. Um, and I include myself in that. Um, it's often difficult for disabled individuals to speak up for themselves, um, especially if you're a shy or introverted, which I consider myself as an introvert. So it's doubly shy, you know, it's doubly hard for me. Um, so, you know, we need to learn how to communicate our wants and needs because often um, we are overlooked or not heard. So here are a few tips that we're going to start out with. Um, the first thing is regarding physicians, doctors, specialists, etc. Um, unfortunately, physicians have time constraints on their appointments. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of reasons for this. Some of it has to do with insurance. Um, honestly, the more people you see, the more money you get. I'll be honest about that. Um, so it often a physician's appointment will be thir uh, 15 minutes or half an hour. Honestly, largely I see the, the longest appointment being 30 minutes typically is what I see. Um, and this is because A, they have emergencies they have to deal with. They have a lot of patients on their uh, schedule and B, they are often overbooked uh, because of the insurance, you know, regulations that I often, that I told you about. So they will often rush through an appointment, rush patients through an appointment, especially if it's something like uh, your annual physical or um, you're just coming in for a prescription to be filled, that sort of thing, um, because it's likely that they have, you know, four other people waiting in the lobby. Now, I'm not saying that to imply that, you know, the patient is a problem because that's absolutely not true. Um, I'm just saying that that's the mentality your physician is working with. Um, that's their constraints. So this means that disabled people, you know, people like us who can, you know, have complicated cases for various reasons, often, you know, our concerns can fall through the cracks. So again, here are some suggestions to make sure every concern is addressed, um, especially with those in authority, um, especially with physicians, like I said. Before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and stop us here for a short break uh, so we can hear about what's going on with NHEG in 2021. I'll see you on the other side of the break. Here are your announcements for the month of February 2021. Happy birthday to the following people. Alexander Oliveira, Pamela Clark on February 2nd. Ashley Scott on February 3rd, Brendan Kelly and Dylan Schmur on February 6th, Desiree Clark and Brianna Dencher on February 10th, Krista Cheryl Sundena on February 12th, Charlotte Picardo on February 20th, Mac Clark and Megna Hilaparthi on February 24th, Ryan Wright Arrigan on February 25th, Pranav Giridhar on February 26th, and happy anniversary to Priya Kid Harneth on February 27th. 
There's a lot of exciting things happening here at NHEG, including a new partnership with Chamber Theater Productions. They offer a unique virtual education experience. Right now they're featuring Edgar Allan Poe in the Midnight Collection. You can visit our website and our learning annex at school.newheightseducation.org and click on discounted and free online courses to find the performing arts section for updates on what they're offering. Or you can visit school.chambertheater.com and enter HS5 at checkout for 5% off. We're also offering two new virtual reading programs, one of which includes stories from second and seven. They're Hog Molly stories, which are read to students by a student athlete and are for second graders to enjoy. You can visit newheightseducation.org, click on programs and the, the reading, the virtual reading program to sign up for this opportunity. This is a free opportunity. We also have another free reading time with Rashawn. Rashawn is a five-year-old that enjoys reading to students and will be reading a new story every Friday at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. You can visit that same page to sign up for both reading programs. We have a lot of exciting new things coming for the month of February and beyond. So stay tuned, check out our blog and other social media sites to be kept up to date on some exciting new announcements that are coming very soon. Have a great month. Welcome back to the show. So last segment, I was introducing the topic of self-advocacy and um, talking about how we as disabled individuals often have a hard time, um, you know, advocating for ourselves, speaking up um, for what we need and what we want um, as patients. Um, and now I'm going to talk a little bit about what you can do to hopefully um, make yourself heard in, you know, the, the sea of um, government and medical uh, facilities, you know, we often have to attend <laughs> sometimes every day. So number one, persevere. This one is hard and it's hard for me. It's really one of the hardest ones for me. Um, so I understand if it's, it's rough. If you have a hard time with this, I completely understand and I sympathize. Um, so cutting through the red tape, it can be exhausting and confusing. Um, this is especially true for people with, say, like a mental illness or chronic fatigue. Really, all the steps that they make you go through, all the hoops they make you jump through, it can exhaust you. And especially if you're dealing with a mental illness like anxiety or some of the others as well, um, you know, talking to people in authority, you know, talking to somebody who you know, the, the, the snap office, you know, the food stamp office, that can be really nerve wracking. So if you have anxiety, it can definitely trip that up. So often disabled folks are kind of reluctant, um, to push through that. Um, it's tempting to just give up on the first no, 
when businesses or other facilities refuse to give you appropriate accommodations. Um, yeah, they, they will. I mean, it's, it's, they, the, there are some businesses out there that will try to ignore you or, or push, push you off. You have to be persistent. Um, keep at it, you know, always be respectful, never yell. Um, keep in mind that if you're like on the phone, this is a person who has to do their job as well. So always be polite and respectful to whoever you're talking to. It will also go better for you if you do so because, you know, you'll sound, you're more likely to get help if you sound pleasant rather than starting an argument. Um, be respectful, but of course know your rights and stand up for your rights which brings me to number two, which of course is know your rights. Um, study the Americans with Disability Act, Disabilities Act, contact the state government and find out if your state has additional protections in place for disabled individuals. Um, when I say study the ADA, I mean just make sure you have a decent good grasp on what the ADA is and what it what it stands for and what it provides for disabled individuals. Um, <clears throat> I don't mean like literally read the entire um, read the entire um, bill <laughs> unless you want to. If that's your thing, uh, great, go for it. You you know you'd have my admiration if you wanted to do that. But at least make sure that you know the general idea of what ADA is and what it provides for the disabled Americans. Um, also contact your state because your state might have extra resources that you wouldn't know about otherwise. Um, again, this does take time. It takes perseverance, but it's worth it in the end. So again, number three, uh, find information. This kind of piggybacks off of number two. Um, although we're limited right now in what we can do and where we can go due to COVID-19, there ton there's tons of information online. You can join uh, peer support groups, um, contact your state's Department of Vocational Rehabilitation if you'd like to you know, get a job or need help getting a job. Um, utilize your library's online services. I love my library. It's fantastic. They do have online services. Um, now, of course, anyone can post anything on the internet. Make sure that the information you're getting is coming from a reliable site and source. Um, make double sure you might want to, you know, get several sources saying the same thing. Um, make sure that, you know, what you have, what you know now is solid. So I'm going to take a brief break so we can hear a um, spot from our supporter, Silicon Valley High School. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. 
Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen, and we're going through a few tips today on how to present yourself and advocate yourself when dealing with physicians, um, governmental agencies, anybody who, um, I won't say exactly that is in a position of authority, but anyone who um, you need to interact with that, that provides a service, I guess is what I would say. Um, you need to plan for meetings. That's number four. Um, I have a hard time with this. I do. I'm not very good at planning for upcoming meetings, I'll be honest. Um, so I get it if you are as disorganized as me. Um, that is part of my CP. It's diagnosed as part of my CP, organizational skills or lack thereof. So I get it if that's a challenge. And that's why I'm, men I'm mentioning these things, uh, hopefully to help us out. Um, so often meetings with physicians or government officials can be nerve wracking, as I mentioned. So make sure you write down your concerns and questions before you meet with any official or physician. That way you have a physical guide to follow in case you get nervous or overwhelmed. Uh, again, always go back to your questions and concerns. Make sure they're clear, concise, and that you can understand them when you have to read them back to the physician. This should pull you back on task. Um, I have to write things down a lot um, because of the CP. So I found that it is, especially if you're going into any type of meeting like that, um, make sure, think of all the questions you could possibly have for this person and write them down. Um, <clears throat> making contact with people. Um, there are many ways to contact officials. Uh, many doctors are doing virtual visits now, which actually I really like because it's very, very convenient for me, and I know it's convenient for a lot of you as well. Um, if the official is available by email, which sometimes they are, sometimes they're not, um, you might find it easier to write an email or a letter rather than meeting in person. Now, letters are kind of passe nowadays, um, but if you absolutely have to, you can certainly address a letter to your doctor or the official you're asking for um, rather than meeting in person. These are good ideas if you have anxiety or tend to freeze up. Um, when you meet with a person for a first time, um, choose the best mode of communication for you if you can. Sometimes you don't have that choice. Um, the person you're meeting with often makes that decision. Um, example, doctors, you nine times out of 10, when it's not COVID, you have to go in at a prescribed time and you, you have limited choice in what you can do. Um, so, but within those constraints, definitely try and choose what's best for you as far as how you'd like to communicate with this person. Um, this will cut down on your anxiety and may avoid other barriers, um, such as inaccessible buildings. Again, if you're writing an email or um, doing a Zoom call, for example, um, this cuts down on the fact that it, a disabled person often has to go into a building that is just physically inaccessible to them, uh, which is also very helpful um, if you can. Again, sometimes you don't have a choice. 
um, write the name, date, and contact information for every person you speak to. This way you can create a paper trail that can be followed if issues come up later. It's always good to have a paper trail. Document everything, especially if you think that the visit is going in a way that is counterproductive or if you think that physician or um, the you know government office isn't listening to you, isn't taking your concerns uh, you know, seriously, definitely write everything down, you know, and speaking on the phone is another one. Um, I don't like speaking on the phone. <laughs> I have a hard time with it. And we're going to go ahead and discuss that a little bit later, um, after this break. So, you and I both can learn about speaking on the phone and some things that make it might make it easier for us as disabled people to interact on the phone. But right now I do have to stop for a small announcement. Um, so I will see you at the other side of the break. Hello listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org and while you're there check out our online store at new-heights-educational-group.myshopify.com Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. So let's continue with our tips and tricks for handling, um, interacting with government agencies and other things, uh, such as doctors, when you're a disabled person and have some extra challenges. Um, as I mentioned last segment, speaking on the phone, I hate doing it. I'm sure that there are a lot of you out there like me who just do not like talking on the phone. Um, you know, anxiety ramps up. Sometimes there's confusion over the phone. Um, you can listen to a person's tone of voice and more or less understand what their message is, um, but you don't have the bodily cues. You don't have their a person's body language when you can't see them. So that can be, you know, somewhat difficult. Um, so as with an in-person meeting, take notes, uh, make sure you have a list of questions and concerns to re refer back to. If the phone call gets out of, tr um, off track, this will keep you, make sure that all of your concerns are addressed. Um, <clears throat> Make the call in a place free of distractions if you can. Sometimes it's not, you know, feasible. Um, keep any voicemails brief and always leave your name and contact information. A lot of people don't like long-winded voicemails, so make sure that you're brief and to the point. Um, by all means, be willing to listen to the other person. Be open. Don't go in there with a closed mind. Um, don't don't assume that this, the person on the other end of the phone, um, the caseworker or the physician is going to be difficult or going to block you or, you know, um, be open, 
be willing to listen and have an honest conversation with the other person. Um, because of the stakes involved, many phone calls can become quite heated. Um, avoid this, you know, as much as you can. Try to the best of your ability to remain calm. Again, people don't like being yelled at, either either us or or them. So you know, uh, pay attention and write things down again. What the other person says could inform your next steps when seeking a solution. So basically, if they come up with something that you hadn't thought of, write it down. Or if they offer you something, um, a solution that doesn't work for you, make sure you understand that and you can propose then propose another solution to your issue. Um, again, write everything down. That's so important. I can't even tell you. Um, also, paperwork and um, paperwork and such like that can be full of legalese. So make sure you understand. If you have to deal with paperwork, make sure you understand and have the social worker or the physician go through go through the paperwork with you step by step if you don't understand something. It's incredibly important. Okay, it's incredibly important. Um, so make sure that you understand what's happening and what the plan is for your care or, um, you know, what the next steps are if you're getting a government assistance. Um, and, you know, be polite always, but make sure you understand and don't just, you know, again, stop the conversation at a yes or no or, what you know, get more information. So disputes and appeals. Um, this one is interesting. Um, often you do have to, if you don't like a decision that somebody has made, uh, for example, Health and Human Services in your state denies you your application for Medicaid or food stamps or whatever. Um, they do have an appeals process in place for that. Um, if you think you've been denied a service or benefit that you are entitled to, always use the organization's chain of command. Don't don't try to, you know, jump ahead of the line and you know talk to the person's boss's boss or you know. Uh, always be respectful. Um, they do have a, um, they do have set a set procedure in place in order to handle appeals. Always use that first. Um, again, if you, if you work within their system, they're more likely to be favorable towards you than if not. Um, <clears throat> so again, Use your state's health and human services divisions or this, like the Social Security Administration's appeal process um, and make sure, again, that you understand everything that's going on, that what the appeals process is like and the steps you need to do in order to file a correct appeal because certainly any of these organizations can deny an appeal if it's not filled out correctly. So make sure you understand their process. Um, so what did, what do you do if you need help navigating these, um, these resources? There are many organizations dedicated to helping the disabled um, navigate a confusing bu bureaucracy. 
I would contact the state or city's disability advocate for help. So you can look this up online. Um, many states do have a disability advocate or, um, you know, many colleges have free pro bono legal aid because they're teaching their students how to be lawyers. Um, that's another option for you. Um, that, you know, of course, always seek legal advice. If an appeal um, goes to court, that's really important. Um, you can ask a trusted friend or caseworker to help you, um, if possible, as well, with any paperwork you need to have done. Um, you know, navigating any major businesses, um, whether in healthcare, government, or something else, it can be stressful and tiring. Um, make, make sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, you know, get a, plenty of rest, drink your fluids, um, make sure you are, have the energy to, to deal with this. Um, some of them can be a very, some of these processes can be a very, very long road. And that is today's show. I hope you enjoyed this segment on advocacy. If you have any questions for me, again, I'm Erica H. at newheightseducation.org. Otherwise, I will see you next week. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Bathfitter.